welcome to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Telesbo. I'm your amateur. And I'm your professional. And I'm Eric Oakley. <laughs> and Eric Oakley. Uh, and a I guess I, I, I'm a pro yeah. as well. So this week we have a very special guest. We have Eric Oakley. What's up? Finally in-house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Half of the whale pants. Yep. And you, you got to be the pants. I am the pants. I don't wear the pants <laughs> in the relationship of the whale pants, you but are, I am the pants. Okay. Now, this show is uh, kind of designed to be accessible for anybody with their interest in disc golf. Yeah. So for people that don't know, Eric is a touring pro, and mm-hmm. we're kind of poking a little bit of fun because he the whale pants thing is you and your wife. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're married just a couple months now? Uh, we've been married since last Ten August. Months. So almost yeah, the a end year. of August. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, getting there. Uh, but they are both touring professionals. Uh, Tina Stonitis, or Tina Oakley now. Tina Oakley now, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And you? And uh, Tina's not here. No, she's, uh, we just got done with the Beaver State Fling, and she's going to Missoula, Montana to spend time with Erica and play the Zoo Town Open. I thought it was a great opportunity for me to go run some events in Boise, Salt Lake, Des Moines, and get real close to Peoria for Ledgestone. So it was a kind of a cool thing that we haven't really done before. And, uh, you know, you know, we're here. Yeah. You know, we're well, we're glad get, you're here. Yeah. And when Tina's in town, we'd love to have her on. Yeah. She'd, she'd be stoked to be on. She loves talking disc golf and talking life in general. So we'll okay. make it happen. Um, so we have a segment on the show when we have somebody new that is called uh, Your Disc Golf Story. Mm-hmm. And it's just how you got into disc golf, how you discovered the sport, and kind of where you're at and what it means to you. Right so on. what's your disc golf story? So it started back in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, a soccer friend of mine um, just was like, hey, got this cool sport. It's called disc golf. Do you want to go play? All right. Came by, picked me up. We had some discs. We threw. It was super fun. And I was kind of hooked at that point. And then he went uh, further on and showed me some uh, some videos of pros playing. Uh, it was USDGCs from, man, it was from, it had to have been early, like 2002, 2001 time mm-hmm. frame, so way back. And yeah. I'm thinking like Ken Climo, Steve Brinster, Barry Schultz, uh, probably a bunch of people that I could actually recognize now, but those are the three names that I, I remember seeing. Steve Brinster, you know, for how my form kind of came to be, and Kenny and Barry, they're just amazing golfers. So that was how I found out about the game, and then, I introduced it to my friends and we played all the time. We jumped in the water trying to get discs out and we were, you know, we had, there was before our time at the high school, a disc golf club and they had some baskets out on a soccer field that, you know, where I played soccer. So I saw those out there and I was like, Oh sweet. We can go throw discs out there. So we were just, we would just go out and throw in an open field, try and throw as far as we can. If we made it the full field, it was so sick. Um, and but then soccer, as I mentioned, kind of was the precedence and, you know, took uh, the the big time part of my life uh, at the time. And so disc golf kind of fell to the wayside. I played every once in a while. Um, and then I would, I, you know, went, went off to college, came back home and uh, you go to college? UT Tyler, University of Texas at Tyler. I was there for a year and then go Tyler's. Came, I think it's the Patriots, if I remember. Um, And then it was, you know, I found ways to, you know, you know, uh, advance my soccer career, uh, playing for some semi-pro teams. uh, Training, I didn't know that. Training with a professional indoor team, the Dallas Sidekicks. So did you play in college as well? Then I played one year in college. Yeah, and it was it was really really cool to 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 have that opportunity. 
uh, to do that. And, you know, you know, didn't make it as far as I wanted to, but I had this competitive itch. I had this thing that I wanted to do. Probably about the time like major league soccer was starting to kind of ramp up or it was, it was my, I have guys that I've, uh, um, that I played soccer growing up with that, you know, one of my buddies, Stephen McCarthy was playing with the new England revolution at the time. Um, Omar Gonzalez, I played against him who plays for the galaxy. He's a pretty, you know, he's an amazing soccer player. So there was a, bunch of really good go- guys i said golfers guys that uh so easy uh that were you know they making it and you know too. i was like i feel like i have i have a chance to do that too but it sometimes is in in the sport of soccer is if if you're not playing at the right time in the front of the right people oh, your, your opportunity can get passed pretty quick yeah um and disc golf is very different from that and you know well so soccer started dying down for me after i picked up a couple injuries and whatnot and then disc golf was an easy fill, an easy void that I, I was needing something competitive and something to devote my time to. So I was living still in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I um, talked to Tony Shirley, who's a Dynamic Disc sponsored player, and he was at the time, and he is probably one of the best players I had seen to date in person. Um, and I asked him after we played around together at Veterans Park, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about signing up for the tournament that's this weekend. I'm going to get a PDGA membership. What should I, what division, what should I do? You know, I'm thinking, you know, I kind of want to go pro. And he was like, yeah. you should play pro. Oh, You should play open, sign up for open, be a pro. You're going to learn so much. And it's going to be a, uh, it's going to help ramp you in the sport. If and he, I mean, he had seen me play, so he knew I had the ability to do so. So that was it, honestly for him. Like I've played every single tournament I've played PDGA wise as so I feel like a if pro. Someone told me when I first registered for a tournament, like mm. you should play pro. <laughs> it would have been even more demoralizing <laughs> than the first tournament I played. Totally, totally. But it was it was the, the that kind of that moment was like, all right. So then I started devoting more time. So how'd you score in that tournament? Uh, second to last. Okay. Yeah, that and, was that's about me. I yeah. think. I got my first tournament. I scored second to last because someone DNF'd. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I I did beat somebody, which was you know I felt I felt stoked about that, but it was humbling. It was like all right, you have a lot of yeah. work to do, and that I really embraced the first round I got to play because it was random, randomly spill it up, and I usually got to play with somebody who was significantly better than me, and that was an opportunity for me to learn from them a lot, and I took that straight to heart and. Um, you know, without those moments, I, I, I wouldn't be here. And then um, shortly after that, had a change of scenery and, you know, moved to moved to Arizona for a short little spell and then moved to Utah to come kind of be near some of my family. My stepmother's here and my dad was living here at the time. So it was like an easy like, all right, cool, let's go do something new. And I met this guy, Chris Telesbo. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And... um funny quick story about that chris when he first met me i didn't like him did not like me i was kind of a tool yeah not not even a little bit (laughs) (laughs) it was a tool i was the i was you know i was pretty good but i was also not that good and i would get if i did anything bad i was very vocal about it and not not a happy camper came to salt lake 
just incidentally because it was a place to go, yeah, not because of any family. kind of disc golf scene. No. But you were still playing so you, yeah. and still wanting to go pro eventually. Yeah. So and, uh, you just got into the scene here and yeah. met Chris through the scene. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were we were at Creekside. You were playing with Brian, I believe. Mm. And I just, you know, we walked up and there was then the two of them. And I said, hey, and like, well, let's play, can we play together? And, just, and boom. And then he mentioned Solitude. Mm-hmm. And then we went and played Solitude. Mm-hmm. And then I wore you down, and you love me now. <laughs> that's a long story short, but yeah, that's pretty <laughs> okay, accurate. So I want to go back to the tool part. <laughs> he was obnoxious. I was. Like, I couldn't stand how he was as a person, but I also wanted to play golf with him every day. You know, just your personality. Like, I just don't like it. <laughs> it was. Don't take, it was. Don't take it personal. It's just yeah. you. It was, there were anger outbursts. There were exclamations. There were bag drop kicks. There were all the... Like, I'm an angry teenager, watch me rage yeah. moments. How old are you at this point? I was 25, <laughs> 26 okay. at the time. And and I will preface, like, a lot of that came from the passion from like of soccer. When you, yeah. watch, when you watch some of the players that I looked up to, like a lot of Italians, like, they're uh-huh. fiery people. So it, I, I don't, I'm not proud of it, but it was a part of that. And that's kind of funny because a lot of people see me as this just super happy guy on tour. It's like, yeah, I had moments where I was just like the rest of them and I was very angry and I still can have those moments if things really just spiral out of control. But it's, it's the, it's the being able to bounce back that I've gotten better of and growing into being an adult. So that, well, that I was going to ask you how, if if anything from soccer translated into your disc golf, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like the 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 you know the passion did. of it. Yeah, yeah, the passion did, but also the the now that's what's coming a lot is the training of it. Now, when you would shank a shot at this point, like if you throw a bad shot, mm-hmm. would you just flop? Oh man, <laughs> probably should have started doing that and be like, oh, I foot faulted or something. Like, yeah. and one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just lay down, start holding your shin, rocking back and forth. Yeah, totally. Uh, but <laughs> on, on on you know the biggest part about you know being able to meet Chris and everything was we had similar schedules. He was going to school and doing some volleyball stuff, um, and it was so amazing in the way of. Our schedules were really nice. We could go play golf in the morning. We probably had to grab a bite to eat, and then he'd go to the school. I'd go to work. Mm-hmm. I was working at the McGillis School that's uh, near the U. So it, we had, it was really easy for us to kind of just be on the same time. Yeah. So, you know, it would be text at night. We are playing. Cool. And then we'd go out. We'd play. We'd throw a bunch of shots. So we'd keep score on one of them. And, and it was day in, day out we were competing and I was, so it felt like a, you know, a pressure style round. If I missed a putt, yeah, I'd, I'd get mad and I'd be frustrated, but I, because I knew I was losing strokes to, to Chris and like that was, you didn't want to lose every single day. You did not want to lose. And if being in that aspect all the time was amazing. Yeah. And I think that I, I can attribute a lot of that was helping me, you know, starting out in the open field and not, in getting there, but it was helping me prepare for what the open field was going to be. And I think I, we were talking about a little bit earlier that I played about 15 to 20 tournaments before I started touring. <laughs> and that's a, and it's then not very many. And yeah, it's not. And I went out on the road and I started touring. I was nine sixty nine. 
ish nine seventy. Mm-hmm. So not maybe. not bad. Not bad, but not but not touring. Not no. touring professional being able to make it. You know, thank thanks to Discmania for helping give me that that open door to try out and figure out that I can do it. And you know, then I used that following off season of after I first went out on the road to. Um, I trained very hard, but then I, and I attribute a lot of that soccer stuff that I knew what it took to get me there as a soccer player to get me close. Yeah. Was what I had to do as a disc golfer as well, because if you want to be one of the top guys, you have to be doing it. You have to be training. You have to, you have to be living it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, that's kind of one of the things that I think is funny that so many people just associate disc golf with kind of the slacker culture of it. And, uh, you know, we played a little, Eric hosted a event earlier today and it yeah. was kind of a league tournament and uh, three of the dudes on my card started token up on one of the holes. So yeah. that's kind of the, the, the stigma that a lot of people have yes. with this golf is a lot of pot Lots and a of lot drinking. of slacking around a lot yeah. of drinking, yep. but the people that are touring and that are actually taking this seriously, they're professional athletes. Absolutely. In the same sense that any professional athlete is a professional athlete. If you, if you look at Rick, Ricky Waisaki or Paul Macbeth, they're uh, Paul is ripped. He yeah. is a fit human being. And um Eagle McMahon has, you know, he's still not the most muscular kid I don't you've mean ever any seen. Dis- offense with this. I don't mm-hmm. know Eagle. I know you guys are friends with him. Uh he still looks like he's going through puberty. He looks so young. <laughs> <laughs> so I give him I, I think him he'll I think he'll grow into his man's body. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's training. He's yeah. doing he's doing disc golf strong stuff. He's got places back when he goes home to Boulder. Well, again, he's a professional athlete. Exactly, and he's taking it he's taking it incredibly seriously. And yeah. that's that's the part of what you know we're hoping to get across, and especially to the next generation of kids that we're not just going and playing disc golf. We're working disc golf. We're going to the gym. We're taking our time. We're rolling out. We're taking care of our bodies. We're doing the things that are appropriate and important for you know, the benefit of what's going to be, you know, I talk with Eagle a bunch about these things of, you know, I rolled out, I did this workout. It, I might not see the benefit of that at the the next weekend. I might feel the benefits of that work and that diligency of, I can see that four months from now Yeah, when it matters, when we're, I'm, I'm in Rock Hill playing, you know, USDGC, or I won't see it until, you know, next summer. Same thing when you're playing soccer and you're running laps and you think this isn't, this isn't soccer. I'm no. running laps. Yeah. But it's going to, it's going to pay off in the long run. Absolutely. So that's, that's been a big part of something that we've been really pushing in, in our side. And I think that, you know, that the stuff that you said translates from, you know, how hard we've worked and what we are doing as professionals that. We are athletes, yeah, and we need to th- we need to be thinking more like that. And I think a lot of the players are, and that's what you're seeing in the play these this year. Oh yeah, it's been nuts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guys. It, it used to be that the, the top players uh, were just surrounded by a, by a cloud of smoke constantly, and that's not what you see anymore. You yeah. see athletes yes, out there. Absolutely, it's great, and I think we're only going to be seeing more and more people like it. Yeah. So and then, so, just being a competitive athlete growing up mm-hmm. kind of trained you to have that mindset of, of probably helped you to be able to be coached too. When people would say, "Hey, don't you know, move your arm here, put your foot there." Yeah, uh, a funny moment of uh, Drew Gibson, uh, where I was at Green Mountain Championships uh, the very first time when I was on the road and threw a terrible shot, and I, you could tell I was frustrated. He handed me another disc. 
I said, throw, throw it again. And I throw a good one. He's like, grab me, he hand me another disc. He said, throw it again. Threw it, not very good. Throw it again. And he, he, he basically helped me empty my bag, but he's like, get it right, get it right. And he was, and that was one of those moments of like, all right, yeah. Like the, it was a cool moment of, it was, it's weird. I, it, we talk about it quite a bit of, it was a eye-opening thing of, all right, you have to, if you want to be good, you got to f- understand why it's good, when it's good and how it's going to be good yeah. for you in the long run and in, uh, in the tournament. So it was cool. That is cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know that story. I like yeah. it. Um, and that was, was that during a tournament? No, it was, uh, okay, during practice. Say, that's <laughs> dude, a good way dude, to get your penalty strokes. Try again. <laughs> yeah. Try again. Uh, no, you missed. Try again. <laughs> uh, what'd you get there? 35. Um, <laughs> how many discs did you have? <laughs> why, why are you getting 15 on every hole? Yep. I'm throwing it again. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So uh, you were 15, 20 uh, tournaments in. You start touring. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now people, if people that know you know that you tour around in an RV with your wife and mm-hmm. um, you guys make fun videos and, and, and it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, before you were invited into the RV, what were you doing? Um, so when I was working back in Salt Lake City and back in Dallas, uh, I was coaching and teaching. Um, coaching what? Soccer? Soccer and futsal, an uh, mm. uh, indoor version of soccer that's played with a smaller ball that doesn't bounce as much, and it's incredible. It's probably one of the best forms of, of the game of soccer, uh, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's and. It's really, really fun. It's fast paced, five on five, really good. Um, so I was doing that in Dallas, came here, got a job through the school that my stepbrothers were going to. I was able to um, you know, start up a little futsal program. I was lucky enough to get to coach the girls' soccer team uh, at, at one point. And uh, then it was this kind of opportunity came knocking. I took a, the, the spring break we had, went down and played in Texas, and played well enough to be winning the leading leading the uh, the tournament after the first round. Got to play with Simon Lazat and Scott Stokely, and I forgot whom else. But uh, and I did not have a very good round, but I had an incredible attitude. I learned basically from you know my rounds with Chris that that's not acceptable behaviors. You, you weren't kicking your bags. No, I, I was super positive. I was making jokes. I was, I was being who the, the player, the person that I wanted to be on the disc golf course and the person that I feel like I have become when I'm on the disc golf course. And it was a, it was a really defining moment because after the, after the weekend, Simon, uh, had, uh, you know, he talked to me. He's like, "Hey, you know, I saw you're throwing a lot of Dismania plastic. I see you're doing a lot of uh, promoting." And he's like, I, "I can put in. I want to put in a good word for you because I think, I think you have potential." Because he he understood the 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 round I shot to be leading the tournament was on a very difficult course, and he's like, "If you can shoot that, you have the ability to play at a high level." Yeah. So it was one of those moments that like it was a. That'd be pretty encouraging. It was, so, I mean, from Simon Lazard. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me? Like, he was like guy I was looking up to because he's so Simon good. Lazard. And yeah, <laughs> and now he's he's one of my best friends. That uh, you know, it's and we traveled a, li- a little bit together when I was with Dismania, and it was such a cool time, you know, to to have that opportunity. And then Dismania, we started talking. I got sponsored, and that was a cool spot. And that I think that 
it helped elevate my game just knowing that, you know, all right, you have something to play for now. So then I was working harder. I was doing all the things to help get me there. Chris, shortly after that, got sponsored by Dynamic Discs, um, which was really, really cool. And so we got kind of sponsored pretty close to each other. And it was, again, it just helped us uh, want to play more. And we, and, and, but then we had, you know, the support system of a sponsorship from the team. And then um, they asked me to go in the RV. And I said, yeah, I'll drive the RV. So we'll the Dismania run RV. Dismania the RV. Yeah, okay. And it was it worked out. And I was able to travel around, run a couple of events, um, just popping up at tournaments, vending at fly marts, that kind of stuff, and was just trying to promote the product. And it, uh, it, was, it was good. It was a really good eye-opening experience. And then whenever I was done with that, I was like, I, I am counting down the days to when I can get back out on the road. And it worked out to where I was able to do so. And then, you know, Discmania and I parted ways the following summer, which was, as I've liked to put it, it we were just, I was, uh, you know, I was a square peg. They were a round hole. It was, it seemed like it was going to work, but we were moving in different directions. And, you know, they wanted me to be an employee. I wanted to be a player. And I thought I could do both, but they were, they really did. They didn't need another, just another player. And I can totally understand that. And um, the, the biggest part is that I'm incredibly thankful to all the opportunities that they did give me and that they helped, you know, with Eagle and Simon, you know, putting me on social media from time to time that helped my exposure in the disc golf world become something. And, you know, that was a big reason why I think, you know, dynamic discs, you know, that was the company that I had talked to um, whenever I was, you know, we went our separate ways. I started talking with Jonathan Ray and it was kind of one of those things that that was the company that I saw myself with because, you know, with Bobby Brown doing all the things that he's doing and it was, it was the right home. And, you know, they, they were, um, you know, they didn't have to invest that much in me. They were just like, Hey, you're already on the road. And that was, I, was able to travel with Tina right after the Dismania RV. She just had bought an RV. So thank you, Tina, for that. So that was good timing. Yeah, it was perfect timing. Everything's landed pretty well. So coming up Oakley. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then uh, shortly after that, um, yeah, I, I, when I jumped in the RV with Tina, I wasn't sponsored yet. And later, uh, later down the line, Dynamic, you know, said, hey, we want to sponsor you. And that became a really cool moment. Was she currently sponsored? No, she wasn't. Okay, because she's with Dynamic as well. Yeah, and she got sponsored a few months later because, you know, they talked to her about it. And it was one of those moments of it made total sense. If you've ever met Tina and you owned a company, you'd want Tina representing your company. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. She's one of the best humans ever. And that's, I am biased, but, you know, you're talking to one of her best friends in Chris too, so. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll refrain a little bit here, but. I don't know which one of them is a better friend anymore. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> when, when, they times, got married, when, I, when they got married, I tried to tell my friends that I was going to my best friend's wedding. And then I would think about that. And I was like, my best, best friend's, friend's wedding. Because <laughs> I do. I love them both. Yeah, yeah man. No, they're, Tina's, I've met her just a couple of times and she's just amazing. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Good human. Yeah. If I, yeah, like I said, I would want her representing my company. Totally. She's just it a, made a sense. A good person. Yeah. And then to roll, to finish up, I guess the story would be got sponsored by Dynamic Discs, was able to use that support system and uh, elevate my game and keep going. Tina and I kept traveling. I kept working hard. And, you know, 
um, things just kind of kept rolling. I, I, a lot of, a lot of the, you know, the relationship I had with Chris was so influential in, in, in getting me prepared for the journey that I started. Had I not had that, that foundation that we had built, it would have been very difficult to maintain. And then, you know, uh, traveling with Eagle McMahon, you know, we had a really good relationship and that helped me elevate my game farther. Yeah. He's not bad. Yeah. And then, I mean, like that moment with Drew, uh, the, the time with Simon, um, the constant, you know, uh, the, the times that I've spent with AJ Risley, guys that guys that it was good to have the guys that were better than me and Eagle and Simon, but then the guys that I was, you know, very similarly rated to in AJ Risley, Jordan Castro, guys that I, you know, really connected with that those moments were really cool because we were, we were grinding together mm-hmm. and it became one of those things that we, you know, any one of us succeeding was huge. And, you know, we were playing a lot of practice rounds. We were doing a lot together uh, that allowed us to kind of push each other and just keep that, you know, uh, that level rising. It was awesome. I think something that people that get into the sport really learn to appreciate pretty quickly is that the community is super supportive. Unbelievably supportive. I mean, it's not... From players to the fans to anything, everything. Well, you were with this mania, and you still, you said earlier that their two top players are still some of your best friends. Yeah. And you're not sponsored by their sponsor anymore. Nope. And but who cares? No, you I know? have. I you know it's it. it well, AJ just barely came with that name. I think yeah. last year, uh, the year before that. Yeah, okay. yeah. And that's. I mean, that's the best part is that you know we're if you're going to be competing with the same people week in and week out, you're going to be playing. You're going to play. You're going to run into them during practice rounds. You're going to see them. You're going to play probably multiple tournament rounds with them over the over the course of a month. And in those moments, like. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, you're with some other company. Like, it's like, yeah, dude, I'm stoked to see you do well. I'm stoked to see you throw good shots because that motivates me to want to do better. And I see that from some of the owners, too, that, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, the little bit that I have seen is they'll congratulate people just on a good round. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that's that's a good thing. And Mm -hmm. and um, part of that probably is just the fact that the sport's fairly still kind of young and small, Mm -hmm. you know, and... um, I can't imagine that a lot of the tour players on the PGA mm-hmm. are getting the same thing because they probably show up to a tournament mm-hmm. and they've got their coaches and their trainers and their caddies and everything. And they're kind of insulated from that and yeah. they're on their own suite. Totally. And, uh, I, I imagine it's, well, I don't imagine I, it's not the same level of, of rigmarole mm-hmm. <laughs> when a disc golf tournament rolls into town. So your IV, RV may very well be parked next to the, the Dismany RV. Or, oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, it's, it's fun. We have a kind of a van slash RV crew that travel around. James Conrad just got a van. Peter McBride has a minivan. Um, Nate Perkins and Alyssa Van Lannen, Paige Pierce, Paige Bierkus. And sometimes, you know, we'll end up in the same place as parking around. And it's, it's kind of a, a cool thing. And it's a couple different companies. Do you have CBs? What's that? Do you guys have CBs? CB radio? No, we oh. don't have radios. Uh, I know that there's, do you, um, do you listen to the song Convoy? No, we should. That's a good one. <laughs> we we they had the the iPhone or the smartphone version of the oh, walkie talkie. Yeah, yeah they, they a lot of them were using that for a while, but I drained your battery pretty quick. I don't do smart. I don't do Snapchat. I don't do that. I was just like, I'll I'll stick to the things that I already have. I don't have I have an issue with responding to those messages already. So <laughs> yeah. I don't need more avenues. 
So as we've talked about on the show, I don't know how to use Twitter or Instagram. Chris kind of knows how to use Instagram. So that's <laughs> our social media yeah. is not, not, not the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that is cool. Thanks yeah. for, thanks for sharing all that. I, I've met you once or twice, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not know much of this or really any of it. Yeah, this is probably the most detail I've gone into, like what my story is, the kind oh. of the, those small those small moments, like the one with Drew. So is that an exclusive? Uh, yeah. Prime Disc Golf get an exclusive? Totally. I, totally. Yeah. I've heard a lot of his stories, and I've never heard the Drew story. Yeah. yeah. So I'm learning things. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and again, that, again that, that comes to a part of the, the whole, you know, how connected the community is and how, how big that is, is that – Players that have helped me are, you know, from different sponsors, from different backgrounds, from different states, different ages. Like Eagle was my best man in the wedding, and I'm 10 years older than him. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. But and I met him, I did. I met him right before I met Tina. And it's it's yeah. crazy to it's crazy to think about. But we traveled together, we've interacted together, and we've grown together yeah like and so that that type of bond of like you know this is this is this is who we are this is who we're going to be you know for the next hopefully forever but and it's it's a really cool moment to see that growth that you know we can be with different sponsors be from different states be completely different ages Mm -hmm. and and yet have a lot of positives to to give to each other it's awesome yeah that is thanks for sharing all that Mm -hmm. um Man, this is this is great. Yeah, I mean, even even Tony when you started playing was probably thirty years older. Yeah, much older. Twenty. Yeah. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, age age is nothing. No. Well, no, and that's that's kind of a cool thing. So, have you met uh, an experience with some of the kind of the really old guard? I, I don't mean it offensively, but like the Ken, Ken Kenny Berry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, funny story. Uh, a couple Beaver State flings when Ken Kenny beat Patrick in a playoff. Um, I was, this is when I was with Discmania, So it was about four or five years ago and Kenny, I had, I had yet to really meet him and I heard that he had a huge putt to beat Patrick on hole. I think it's 11 West, which is, which is a tough hole to get, or it might've been 10, 10 West. doesn't matter. 10 West. And, um, I was like, dude, Kenny, congratulations. And he goes, thanks, Eric. And I about lost it. I was like, Ken Kaimo knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I have gotten to meet uh, Kenny. Did he say, hold my beer? Oh, man. Uh, no, he didn't. But it was it was awesome. I know he was probably walking back to TC to go grab some beer. Um, uh, but, you know, I've met, I've had, I've played a lot of great rounds with, you know, Dave Felberg, Will Schustrick, uh, uh, Kale LaVisca, guys, guys that I look up to Im- immensely and I, that I've seen so many videos of them playing that I, kind of got me into it. And then, you know, if you've ever watched the nonstop disc golf YouTube channel ever, and I highly suggest people going to take a look. It was Nico. And I played a lot of rounds with Nico too. He's old guard for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Nico, uh, Will, Dave and Kale LaVisca traveled around in an RV and played nonstop and they did some cool videos that they put some music to and it's courses that I wanted to go play. One of the best ones is the Beaver State Fling nonstop disc golf video. And yeah, spoiler alert, if you haven't, you didn't know, Kayla Visca wins the tournament and he battles with Tim Scalinger and there's some, it's one of the best videos that still to this day hypes me up about disc golf. I could have just played 50 rounds of disc golf in the past, you know, 12 days. 
And then I could watch that video and be like, I kind of want to go play some disc golf. <laughs> so it's good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. So that's uh, all day disc golf. So it's a nonstop disc golf. Nonstop tour. disc golf. All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much. Thank you. We're, we're not letting you go yet. I'm no, just, you let's know, do it. That was a, that was definitely the most in-depth disc golf stories I, that I, we've had. It's a good you story. Guys, it's easy yeah. to open up with you guys. You guys like are there to listen. Chris is a big part of that. So I wanted to make sure I gave him Aww. all the love and respect because, you know, it's still to this day, I it, I that to, we'll butter him up a little bit before we get to that is <laughs> the, the simple fact that I can have a relationship with a human being that it's, it's, Hey, we haven't talked in like three months and call him up. It's like, haven't skipped a beat. It's like, it's like when I left Utah, we come back here, we do the things, same things. It is the exact same relationship that we've had. And I, I am immensely grateful for that. So that's mutual. Yeah. It's good. We can, and we can rely on, like, I, I know if he ever, I hope he knows anytime if he needed me, he'd call and it'd be no problem. I got all the time in the world for him. Same vice versa, which is something Mm -hmm. special. Like example, when I flew out for the wedding Mm -hmm. and my flight was delayed in Chicago for three weeks, uh, he stayed up and ended up picking me up at the airport at four 30 in the morning. Yep. Drove me back to where they're staying and then let me sleep while they drove to where we're going. Nice. Yep. That that's yeah. He's a good dude. No big deal. You're yeah, worth it. Nice. Aren't we cute? Uh, yeah. You guys are adorable. <laughs> Matching beards and everything. Yep. Um, I know. I just need Oakley glasses. Then I get mistaken for these you. Aren't, these aren't Oakleys. They are. Oh, you dweeb. They are <laughs> Joseph Mark. I need Mark glasses. Mine are, mine are Warby Parkers, which is not a sponsor of the podcast, but <laughs> Warby Parker, if you're listening and you want to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> we all uh, wear glasses. Yeah. Um, I. That did remind me, though, that I do have a question for you. Um, Gumby Pokey. Oh yes. Oh yeah, it's a good story. So, little little backstory. I yeah. on all my disc golf bags, I have a little rubber pokey. Yeah, which is Gumby's sidekick, that orange horse. Most people don't know who he is. They say, "Oh, is that Gumby?" I'm like, well, no, close, but, enough. And Eric carries around a little Gumby most yep. of the time. Always when, when the cat hasn't totally consumed it. Yeah, I have to. Um, if I, the bag is in the RV, I have to cover up Gumby, or she will chew him up. Yeah, so so Spout really likes to play with Gumby. They're good friends, but it's a one-sided friendship. Yeah, yeah, like definitely one-sided. So, do you want to tell your story? Yes, better coming from you. I yes. Think. So uh, my friends, we had about a, a bunch back in high school. We had a bunch of just terrible stupid sayings like my one of my email addresses is facemander and that came from uh us playing in uh super smash Brothers, super smash brothers on nintendo 64 and there's uh the pokemon level where charmander pops out yells charmander and then starts blowing fire and he was just like at this point he was saying you know like oh yeah face butt oh face this oh face that and then Charmander pops out and he goes, Face Mander. We laughed for way too long and we were <laughs> kids and it was really funny and that became um uh that became, you know, one of my emails that I still use to this day. It's my PayPal. Um <laughs> so if you want to send it uh facemander10 at yahoo.com. So uh <laughs> plug. Uh but so so that gives you an idea of these stupid things that the group of my friends we would we would just have and i feel like this is probably not like this is definitely normal like everybody has their group of friends they all have weird sayings that does Mm -hmm. not it has no meaning and 
One of them was F.U. Gumby. And that became, you know, something we said. And I I brought it along. And it and then, you know, Chris would give me a hard time, like, say, throw this disc or throw do that or just make, make fun of me. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever whatever Gumby and so then I just but then I then it became I said it a few times like he was like what and then I told him the story and then I started then it, it became just calling him Gumby pretty much all the time you know it's like there's a resemblance yeah I do have the limbs yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then it that kind of rolled into um and that did you you got me the Gumby mm-hmm. when did you get me the Gumby do you remember Shortly after touring. Yes. Yeah. As a, Ma- as a remi- time. Yeah, as a reminder of like, hey, you know, like don't uh, forget a, where you came from when you get famous. Yeah, and uh never have and I won't forget it. And so that's you know, it's it it started out as something very childish and I, I mean it's in both sentiments of the word, a TV claymation TV show for kids <laughs> and us being kid us being childish about with a saying and calling him Gumby and and whatnot. And um then it became a really cool sentiment to have and keep with me always knowing that, you know, it's, you know, you can't forget where you came from and, you know, you've come a long way and there's still such a long road ahead. So and that's a, a big part of why having Gumby with on the bag and with me always is, you know, it, he's what Chris is with me always. It's pretty cool. That's, that is, <laughs> I've told you we're adorable. That, yeah. I know that is so stinking adorable. Yep. Goodness gracious. As long as you don't see the state that some of the Gumbies end up in from playing to a spout too much. Yeah. Now I'll, I, get, I'll get messages like, hey, Gumby has no more limbs. Yeah, he's, I need a new one. The, I, I still have that old, the, the chewed up Gumby. The spout one. Yeah, it stays in the bag. It's buried in one of the side <laughs> pockets, but it's like missing a hand. His head has fallen off a little bit and his eyes are kind of chewed up, but spout, Spout's adorable. Spout is our cat, by the way. She travels with us in the RV. She's amazing. I. What, what I'm taking away from the story, though, is that you can still find a Gumby. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know they still made Gumby. Yeah. You know, I didn't either. Uh, the internet is a beautiful place sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, sometimes. I, mean, I, I had Gumby when I was in, you know, preschool, but. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, are are you willing to stick around and help us answer Absolutely. some emails? I'm all, all about right. it, man. Um, Disc golf. I mean, everybody really wants the amateur's opinion. On disc golf. I, by the way, I read that uh, Facebook, you know, iTunes review of the show that, you know, three-star review about how annoying I am. So <laughs> just so you know, I we're reading it. them. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for, thanks for rating and reviewing yeah. the show. Everyone hey, else, go in and write a rating. He gave his honest review. review. He's I, probably wrong, but it's all good. Well, no, he might be. For him, he's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I love guess it. so. Well, I'm, you know what? I shouldn't assume his gender. Their gender. Uh, their gender. Their gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gender neutral pronouns. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Emails. This comes from someone who I can't assume their gender because I actually know. Uh, from Hunter Cavender, a longtime listener of the show. Hi, Hunter. Sweet. What's up, Hunter? Uh, hey, guys. Question I've been pondering lately, and I don't think he was planning on getting your, you know, hey. two pros on this one. Double your money. I've noticed I naturally release my putts when they feel nice and smooth with a small bit of hyzer. Trouble with this is that most baskets around here are old single chain baskets. And my putter has a habit of coin slotting out the back end. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I tried to make my putt release more flat, I lose a good amount of accuracy. Should I keep at relearning my putt at a flatter angle or work with my natural putt and work? Okay. The force I use to reach the basket. 
Uh, not sure what he means there, but we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. Uh, keeping in mind my left eye is about useless, and my depth perception is actual garbage. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because he said that he's blind in one eye. Yeah. 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 Do you want first or second? I'll take second. Ooh. Okay. Uh, All right. I'll go. No. Go, Chris. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> so I'm before Eric. Do you want before or after? Pick uh, your spot. One, two, or three. You know what? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go three. Ooh. Okay. So oh, second. I'm excited for that. Okay. Um, first part. You know how I feel about baskets. They suck, right? They should catch good putts, and they don't all, especially yeah. those old single shades. I think we shades. figured out that photons need to be involved somehow. But yeah, we don't know yeah. How. it will be a light sensor. Yeah. Stay tuned. No, not really. I'm not doing that yet, but <laughs> someday maybe. Um, so my take is if you're playing competitively, locally, sure, you'll get spit outs, cut throughs. It sucks. And for now, it's part of the game. I hate saying that. I hate that phrase. But it is. And if it's consistent and it feels good and you can hit your target, I would go with it. And if you get 10 spit outs around, you're like, dude, I got 10 spit outs. Cool. That sucks. But you can still hang because you're probably putting better than you would if you forced something else. Um, I can kind of relate, actually. Um, I don't know if it's... I'm going to blame that I'm tall. I'm a big dude. Um, So where normal baskets sit, I have to kind of pop the nose down inside the circle to get it down if i just put high i'm hitting up in the band so i was playing with this today even um if i just hyzer putt the nose angle stays flat and it gets the carry from this hyzer angle and i don't have to do the little pop i can just throw it and get the distance and keep the accuracy so i'm on board with if it feels good and it's repeatable go with it let the baskets improve play on better courses whatever baskets will get upgraded you'll make more putts right because putting to me has to feel natural and comfortable to be repeatable full stop bam eric uh stick with it uh again chris hits it on the nose with the whole basket conversation there you're if you're worried about in your practice rounds putt spitting out that's never something you should worry about if it's tournament pdga sanctioned rounds that's a bummer and uh, i've tried i've started to accept some of the spit outs and stuff like that happening it's disgusting i hate seeing it happen to other players i hate seeing it happen to myself but it is a part of it the the confidence you can have is like you threw the right putt if it's if it's a real true disgusting cut through or pull out or whatever you didn't just hit high right and it pushed it out or splashed on the left side and it you know barely pushed it out those aren't spit outs those are splash outs those are push outs you know pull outs and cut throughs are legit what we call spit outs. So if that ha- if that's what's happening, you're doing the right thing. You're doing everything you're supposed to do as uh, as the putter to to convert and get the and get the score you deserve. When it comes to the Heiser putt, um, look at Eagle McMahon, probably one of the best players in the world in the, at the current time. Um, he has a slight nose up Heiser putt that has good spin, and um, if he sometimes will putt more flat depending on you know where he is on the course but a lot of his um if you look at a lot of his putts they are slight hyzer and he's probably you know i i can i can tell you go watch hole two of the final round um beaver state. Of, of beaver state this past weekend it's probably one of the cleanest putts you'll ever see you know uphill from, forever from forever downtown and it, it's pure so um and you know he's not thinking about any of the spit outs or anything he's throwing the putt 
you know, thinking that the whole confidence in the basket is going to be there. And that's what you have to do at our level is just do everything you're supposed to do. You can't control the uncontrollables. And I got that one from Seth Muncy of Disc Golf Strong. He tells me that all the time. It's like if you're putting your time into the things that you cannot control, then you're wasting that's wasting energy and that's going to be it's going to be detrimental in the long run so definitely stick with what you're doing keep banging putts you know it, you're gonna it's gonna pay off in the long run yeah all right my turn yes um I, you guys are both wrong <laughs> the answer is turbo putt turbo that's the Ooh, answer i i can i would get on board with that that yeah. could be the future you just turbo putt from from here forever and close your left eye that's fine just turbo putt and uh, if your turbo th- putts coin slotting through it, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. And it's your fault that it's going through. So, well, no. there you go. But uh, in, in reality, yes, don't do not adjust your form for antiquated equipment. Mm-hmm. And bingo. Um, but I can understand if this is like where the local course, the tournaments are at, that's going to be real frustrating. Totally. When you're getting like, you know, a handful of extra strokes because just the, the, the style that you're putting at. But, um, you guys at dinner, we went to dinner earlier with some other people and I wasn't really in this conversation cause I'd never played the course that you were talking about. But, um, I think we've said before on the show that I feel that the way that worlds are decided in disc golf mm-hmm. is a weird kind of flawed system that mm-hmm. it's one tournament. Yeah. And then if yeah, you win the that tournament, is one you're world champion instead yeah. of, you know, instead national of, tour points. Like yeah, who cares? Yeah. You didn't win or, or you qualify for a, for a masters, you know, in PGA where you have to qualify for this tournament and mm-hmm. then whoever wins that tournament. Um, I, I just think it's a weird thing that you can have an excellent weekend, weekend. and be world champion for a mm-hmm. year. Uh, the other thing with that too is if you are lucky and that worlds are held at your home tournament or your home course and you have you know you know every line on that course and you've got it on there, uh, you stand a better than even chance of being world champion mm-hmm. when you might not be able to hang on the tour at all. Yeah. Now that shouldn't happen all the time, but um, so I would say that. If you're losing strokes on tournaments and you're not placing in tournaments that you want to on these kind of antiquated baskets because other people have adapted their form to that basket, uh, they're less versatile players. Mm-hmm. And don't don't worry about that because, like Eric said, that's one of the uncontrollables. So, um, which I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That, you know, don't you can't control the uncontrollables. Yeah, why why spend energy on on things that you can't no. have any control? You over? get a nasty roll away. You get all these things. It's yeah. like yeah, you can be. A little bit frustrated but it's it's much better to move on yeah did you did did you throw the shot that you wanted okay did if it missed a little bit and you hit the tree and then it happened to roll away or hit the basket or something and rolled away then you it, you might not have thrown the exact shot you wanted you threw a decent shot but yeah. the the everything that happened after that you cannot control you you stepped up you picked the disc you threw it Something bad happened. Yeah, you did. You made all the right steps to put yourself in a in an opportunity to succeed. Well, I've even had on the Mach ten baskets where I'll hit the chain ring, like mm-hmm. the little ring that holds the X's, and it'll spit right out because mm-hmm. that's a stiff spot yep. in the chains. And it's like, ah, well, that was a perfect putt, but I happen to be, you know, if I was an inch, to, if, I, mm-hmm. if yeah, I was standing an inch, an inch off, off and it's in. then it would have been in. Totally. Uh, and so it costs a stroke, but I. I had a good putt. And yeah. so you kind of have to just accept that for what it is. Um, 
and like they said, if you Hunter, if you do want to go and move on and play more, you know, you want to move on to to playing higher end tournaments. Those baskets aren't sanctioned. No. So yeah, you're gonna if you're traveling around a little bit, getting some bigger events, they're gonna yeah. genu- generally have better quality baskets. Yeah, I mean if you if you want to be in the NBA, don't perfect your shot for making it into an eight foot basket. <laughs> yeah. Well, or like the 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 milk crate that's hung up, <laughs> yeah. you know, nailed to the side of a barn. Like that's totally. You know, find a find something that's going to be a little better. Yeah, that's sim- more similar to what they're actually using and work on your shot there because that's what you need to do it's pretty funny because right now i feel as if i have been uh i'm a little soft when it comes to baskets playing two rounds in a day that doesn't happen like we don't play on bad baskets when we're when you play the major events on tour the the pro tours the national yeah i guess that's true every basket is really good and we beaver state fling is one of the few tournaments that we play two rounds in a day I haven't. I will probably not play another tournament this year that isn't tea times, and and that's crazy because the you know the weekend warriors who go out and do it they'll play a four round tournament on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's they play two rounds, two rounds, and then you know there's a winner, and that's that's not that's not the style of golf that I would like to be playing. I probably wouldn't be that good at it, and I'm probably not going to be that good putting on chain stars, Mach threes, or something like that because. I'm not accustomed to it and but I don't I don't need to be accustomed to those things. And I don't I don't see myself having to because the sport is moving in more the direction of these more higher quality baskets, one round a day turn or one round a day tea time tournaments for the the top level so that's easier for the spectators and everybody to enjoy. So that's you know that I'm not going to look to step backwards when our sport is trying to move so far forward. Yeah, no that makes sense. Um just curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever selected your schedule, like what tournaments you'll play based on the baskets that are there? Sometimes, uh, I will not go back places if it's if I know they're going to be bad, and if I I I will have a chance to you know fail. Um, and well, I know all dynamic baskets have got to be just amazing, but are there baskets that you just don't like yeah. that are that are in that top tier? Uh, not in the top tier. Uh, Right now, the ones that we're putting on every single tournament, they're they're pretty good. I think if I'm uh, this is no knock at the the company, the MVP Black Hole, I think is the lowest of the top quality. Um, I saw some really weird stuff at uh, at the MVP Open last year at Maple Hill, and I don't think that they did a bad job in designing a basket. I just think that they might have missed something in the chain grade or something like that because yeah. there was like I saw a lot of really good putts just fall out and that and again this is this might this might just be my perspective and i happen to see some people get robbed and it has nothing to do with mvp's basket and it just might have been the numbers and that that type of thing so that could have been what happened but uh, but again it they're significantly better than the the mock ones they're it's a better basket than the mock three and Mm -hmm. mock fives and chain stars and stuff like that and older Innova baskets that you know that are at some courses that were 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 definitely past that, yeah. and we're more in the line of these more higher quality baskets that are being tested, and and I, I don't even think we're even close to what the basket will be that that it, that is going to be that like real ground gem, yeah. yeah, yeah, photons somewhere if in there. I, yeah. You could make a little photon, yeah, um, yeah, I. 
I uh, when I do like a little road trip or something, I'll just look at courses on the mm-hmm. way and reviews. And I played one. Uh, I only played a few holes because I didn't have a lot of time and I wasn't feeling very good. But it's a beautiful course in Tahoe called Zephyr Cove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you played Zephyr Cove? Yeah. Amazing course. Yeah. Uh, but one of the reviews that I read was it's amazing course, bad baskets. And I, that kind of rubbed me wrong. I'm like, you know what? They got baskets in the ground. Yeah. Go enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've played on single chain baskets mm-hmm. and they're not nearly as good no. as a nice basket, totally. but there's baskets in the ground and I can throw a Frisbee at them mm-hmm. and somebody went through the effort of designing a course and I'm going to go and enjoy it. Totally. And uh, now you're going to go play a, a, a sanctioned tournament there. Yeah. Like, that's it, that's yeah. the bigger part. That's the difference to me. Yeah. If, if it's a pole in the ground with three chains on it, cool. That's a good practice target. I'll yeah. go have fun. I'll enjoy the property. Yeah. But if you're betting money, and playing for money, then it's a different issue. Then and then, that, but you don't have a tournament there because exactly. they're yeah. just not sanctioned. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's a big part of where, you know, I, I think that having if you have the wrong equipment, it it's just it's kind of doing a disservice to people who are playing really well. You literally are taking, you literally are taking money out of their pocket. No, and I guess where I'm coming from that is like, you know, if this course is 25 years old mm-hmm. and those baskets are 25 years old, like mm-hmm. still enjoy them. Yeah, but. Yeah. You know, if you're putting in a new course and you're putting in Mach threes, then why? Yeah, yeah. If you if you're if why? you have the opportunity, I mean, if it's a three hole course that you're putting in a park strip and sure. like a little suburb or and something, you have three leftovers from somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're looking to design a course for your local scene and you think that there might be tournaments on it, and you want it to grow and become a bigger tournament spot, spend the extra money, fundraise for it put good baskets in the ground yeah you will you your your community will thank you uh when it comes down to that because there's it, it surprises me in some places that say like oh yeah well you know baskets cost a lot of money it's like yeah but are you doing something right now to fundraise and help put new baskets in the ground are you bringing in money they also last every decades week? yeah and like i'm saying every single week it's like all right cool at this, yeah, at you're your probably league. having a league. Yeah, at your set, league, say hey, one dollar, yeah, one dollar from everybody's entry fee Get set is aside going for basket to the baskets, fund. and boom, that you yeah. just keep doing that, and maybe in two years, three years, you have new baskets. Who yeah. cares? And you could even, you know, have we're gonna have a basket fundraiser where everybody comes out. We're gonna, you know, find ways to throw local prizes and stuff that you can raffle off, and and all that money goes into a into your basket fundraiser yeah. so now that boosts boosts that up and then you can even talk to your parks departments and other sponsors that can help bring money in to help get yeah. those baskets in there are ways do yeah. not tell me that you're making the cheap route because you don't want to have to do any work to make a map you know if you're discussing in your community is you and your buddy yeah get the costco basket yeah. set them up in a park and have fun yes <laughs> but yeah if you're in a place that has a decent enough scene so that Zephyr Cove Park, that, mm-hmm. that was an amazing park. That, yeah. that course was phenomenal. If I remember, they have older Innova baskets. I think they were fine, yeah. Yeah, if I, I think so. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by their view, and I was like, no, I think they're double-chained. They're fine. Well, I'll they, say, they felt like a Mach 3. I don't yeah. know what they were, but they felt like a Mach 3. I Honestly, I remember whenever I first started putting on an Innova 28 or Innova 24 at the time, I hated them. I hated that yellow band. And I, 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 and I, back at my the home course, we had Mach threes, and I was like, ah, oh, 
I love these baskets. <laughs> and it's completely different now that I've become a decent player and I'm just seeing disgusting things happen on some mock baskets. Like, yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing. The, the DGA is making incredible baskets. The Mach 7 and the Mach 10 are, or the Mach X are wonderful. Mach X might be one of my favorite catching baskets on, uh, on, on tour. Unless you hit that ring. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's wonderful. And so there, but you know, that, it's funny to see the whole perspective change from, you know, as I was a very, very am, as ammy as they come. Uh, and now that I've become a pro, it's very, my perspective is drastically different. Yeah. Very ammy. Very ammy. All right. We, we've got one more email. Okay. So, uh, also from Hunter. Uh, he, he very much listens to the show. That's awesome. Uh, but I figured since this might, since we've got, you're him. uniquely qualified, I think, to Thank answer you. this. Uh, after watching AJ's jump putt rundown <laughs> celebration game on YouTube, I thought it was a great idea and started doing something very similar, just not as over the top. I've noticed a good improvement in my outside the circle putting. Do you think that the positive reinforcement part is providing the increased success or just that it's making the practice more fun and enjoyable and I'm getting more out of it for that reason? Thanks, Hunter. Uh, let me ask first, what is he even talking about? I don't, I don't watch Okay, so AJ is super hyped about, you know, circle two putts, and he's gotten to the point where he's got a putting practice where if you make the first one, if you make the first circle two putt, you celebrate and you hit him with the first down. Point point like you got a first down okay. in football. Uh, he's basically come up with end, end zone dances for yeah. long putts made. If you make the second one, you start – this is like pot. in a tournament. Yeah, like, stir the yeah. pot. We'll do, we'll do this. I've I've hit people with the first down in some tournaments this year, and it's been super fun. Then you stir the pot. If you hit your third one, put up the three ball like in uh, like in basketball, and then after that, I, I I don't know where it goes, but it's been it's been really cool. So it's a really great video, and it's a really fun practice. So I you know to to answer his question, absolutely. Yeah, it's go yes, for it. it's yes on both sides because you're practicing them more and you're and you have that positive re- reinforcement, it's both because you are practicing a lot more. But the positive reinforcement part, I think, is one of the more uh, influential parts in that. You should be doing that as much as you possibly can. When you throw a really good shot in a practice round, be excited about it. Be stoked. Be really, really positive. Like uh, Going to the, the standpoint that I tell myself before pretty much every single putt in tournament play, said, I tell myself out loud... So I look crazy, but it's worth it. I say, you're going to make this putt. You've got this putt. And I hype myself up. And if I miss it, it's fine. But I do that every single time because I know that's a practice. It's a positive energy that I'm putting into what I'm about to do. I know that if and then if things are good, I'm going to be hyped. I threw a shot um, at Beaver State Fling on hole 14 on West. And I threw it. Hyzered, flipped, and pulled right around the branches of this tree and went down and parked the basket. And once it pulled right around the trees, I was just like, oh, my God, that is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and, it, and it was one of those moments that I just got myself hyped. And I, 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 I had a pretty decent round after that because it was that positive reinforcement yeah. was very, very – you could see it uh, flowing through. Yeah, so. it, it's definitely more advantageous to – Tell yourself you can do something rather than worry about not doing it. Um, just for execution's sake and attitude's sake, it's much better to take the positive side. Mm-hmm. Have I mean I've I've seen it in myself playing sports for my whole life in coaching sports. 
in disc golf, you can just tell who genuinely believes in themselves and who's like, well, crap, what if I flip this? What if I, uh, Oh, see, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah I, I still, I still do both. I'm firmly on the well crap side. Yeah. I still do both. It's not, it's, it's normal. It's human nature to kind of yeah. feel that way. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's, uh, Oh no, but it shows on my scores, yeah. but it's a fight worth fighting. Right. Yeah. Once you, once you can get behind yourself and support yourself mentally, it's well, the good irony is I really like playing disc golf. So why not? Why not think you can do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All, all the best shots I've thrown in my life are terrible idea. You shouldn't do this, but dang it, you can do this. Yeah. And then you pull it off and it's like, wow, I can do it. It just feels good. Mm-hmm. The amount of, the amount of, uh, back when we were uh, messing around, <laughs> the amount of terrible shot selection I we challenge had you to at, do this at, at roots and, and, uh, Creekside here in Utah and Salt Lake city. Um, if there is a stupid line, we've thrown it. An I alternative route. Even remember, if it's not there, we tried it. Yeah. Do you remember the, what hole was that at Creekside? The short one by the water? The one the one that plays back to the water. Oh, uh, I was thinking a different one. Do you remember the one I threw the, the FD over oh, the top? Oh, uh, it was 12. I don't know what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. I threw a shot that... A, a line that you should never throw in is because we were playing a, a combat mildly competitive round with each other. And I just bogeyed the hole before and I was frustrated and I needed to send one and it wasn't a hole that you couldn't, you could really, you weren't throwing a shot. It's a, it's a low tunnel shot. The it's whole it's way. tooable, but it's not really runnable. Yeah. It's like 370 You're, feet low ceiling. Yeah. So I decided to take a fairway driver and throw it over hard, all the trees high over the trees, swinging flex shot that Heiser flipped, or the, I threw it flat, that turned, flexed back, bam. And made it. Yeah. And it was like, like one of those moments wait, of like... made it in? Yeah, yeah it was aced. aced. And, his, and, ah. his, and his Sperry was there, wasn't he? Yeah, somebody was behind us. And as soon as it started flexing in the air, I said, please don't go in <laughs> or get in. Or I don't know if I was encouraging or discouraging it. It didn't matter. Cause but you, you, you just don't knew. Need, you don't need that positive reinforcement because I should never be throwing that line. Yeah. And I mean, every time we're there now, we try to recreate it. And we go and, over the creek every and single time. And I don't know if it's just that we're stronger or we're trying so hard to make it happen. Yeah. That the basket's probably 20 feet short of the river, creek. Creek's probably 20, 30 feet wide. And we always land on the bank on the other side now. Yeah. So even when we throw it well, we're like, oh, it's got a chance. It's got a chance. It's in the backyards. <laughs> like, it's, it's not there. Nope. But it happened. It was perfect. It was. It was one of those moments. Which one were you talking about? The, short the shorty with the little tunnel where one winter, the hole after that one, when it's in the short tunnel, yeah. Um, there's a double mando in front of us, which is more of a suggestion, really, to us. And way up on the right, there's this tiny little pocket of air. Right, It's like you're throwing straight over the creek. There's not really a way back to the basket. And we probably still threw 10 drives trying to convince ourselves that it could happen. Yeah. And it, did, it never did. No. But we weren't going to not try. No. No, we were never, we never going to stop. It was... Yeah. We, that park, we dissected. Yeah. And roots. Like and roots, right. we dissected more. We we the, went out there. The Sexton story. Oh my gosh! Nate Sexton was in town for a, a Sexton shootout. That, the same hole that Nick uh, Lopez aced this yeah, year. Yeah, for the MacBook. Um, the that hole that it's kind of on that island green or what used to 13 be thirteen now. Straight towards the river, baskets on the green with the bunker in front of it. 
before you go to the triple yeah. pad to go back north. So the the pin was over right in the tucked in the trees. It's, I think that might be another pin placement. Mm-hmm. And Nate Sexton came for it wasn't a Sexton shootout. It was the Macbeth one, but the, Paul didn't come. But Paul wasn't here. And he goes, oh, you guys haven't tried this route? And throws this giant putter Annie. That Around swung. these gigantic trees way left. And then just swings, 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 parks a basket. And then we uh, then we went we out just, and we threw that. That was like, oh, yeah, let's do the sexton route. And we'd, you know, we'd execute it for yeah. like a decent amount of the time. But, but as a soon lot as, of the time screwed up. So. Yeah, as soon as Nate threw that shot, we just looked at each other straight face like, how did he find something we yeah. didn't find? Yeah. Like, what, what yeah. happened? <laughs> We did. We did plenty. It's like of, someone coming in your house and opening up a cabinet that you didn't know was there. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, what? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna use that now." It's. It was. It was. It was fun, and that's I think one of the you know more enjoyable parts about, uh, you know, the game. That again, again back to the positive reinforcement stuff that Hunter was talking about. It's like, you know, we we did that to Im- improve our ability. You know, yeah, there is the traditional shot that you can throw straight at it or throw the routine hyzer, but let's challenge ourselves farther. And when we execute it, it's you're you're it's it's exciting. Yeah, the positivity is flowing for both of us at that point because we know now. I if if he can do it, I can do it, and mm-hmm. that was the level of play that we were at at the time. Was you know anything you can do, I can do better type of mentality. Yeah, my only black ace came from trying to one-up him. (laughs) (laughs) Only one in my life. That's good. He threw a really good putter turnover around some stupid Mando we made up. And I tried. (laughs) And it didn't turn over. (laughs) It went straight in another basket. (laughs) Nice. Peered it. Still like 350 feet or something. It was still a pretty sweet throw into a basket. And I hadn't read rule books by then. And I was like, what do I do? (laughs) How do I play this? Oh man! How do you play that? You just mark it underneath. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Who was telling us that they got stroked for that? Uh, I don't know. Somebody wrote in, landed on top of a basket on the wrong hole in California. Black aced, and he got stroked. Yeah. So that if that was in past years, they recently changed um, that if a basket is above two meters. No, it wasn't. This wasn't a tower basket. He, mm-hmm. he specifically said that. Oh, well, then he. Then yeah. He, then he. Uh, okay. So he got marked the score wrong. So his scorecard was then wrong because he played the hole incorrectly. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of penalties here. He need. We need to go back and yeah. talk to the PDJ. We need come into the podcast and your we'll, ratings we'll, going we'll, down five points. Yes. Uh, <laughs> kidding. But yeah, they rec- they recently did change it that if a the basket cannot be what causes you to be above two meters. What if it's a basket oh. you're not playing to? I thought it was that accepted. If it's I, your basket, I know it's not eligible. But if it's on another hole, I thought it might be. How about no two-meter rule ever? Hey, yeah, California, California, get on board. Yeah. Is California the only place that does that? No, there's a couple other places, but it's ma- mainly California. And it's not the, all California tournaments. It's like five. There are, there are some places where I get it, but there are so many places where it just does not make I sense. don't think I can. Where, where can you get it? Because I, I Memorial places. Yeah, for those of you listening, two-meter rule, the just comes to rest two and meters it, above the ground you're stroked right mm-hmm. yeah or more yeah okay and uh, it's so if it lands in a tree yep we'll th- if, take take uh we'll we'll take a course that doesn't play the two meter that it might actually not be a terrible place to have it on okay he's lying it's um, terrible everywhere uh emporia country club for the uh the glass blown open is a very big open course trees really aren't in play 
Uh, yeah, there are like three that you can Yeah, three that you challenge. can hit and challenge, and you probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And th- it it can make sense there. It can. It does make sense. But if you're talking about a heavily wooded course that has trees that like to grab stuff, similar to De La Viega. But why, why stroke instead of just... I mean, if it's OB, I get that, you know? the trees will be but if the trees in in bounds well, the, it's about uh, those trees that are in play like the, if they catch it then it, it would be a stroke so yeah so what, i'm saying why it, in emporia even would it be it, it just makes sense because you shouldn't ever be there you shouldn't oh, challenge okay. the trees yeah. on the that trees course. are that is a bad shot yeah it's it's playing like a bunker and i can get okay, I, can I, get, I can understand i can understand those situations but on courses that you're throwing through the trees and the trees are known to grab and stuff like that it does not make sense now Originally, when the rule was put in, it was to avoid players not taking the intended route on a hole and throwing over to just throwing over the trees into the trees and falling and trickling down and landing by the basket and or sticking in a tree that's right next to a basket and then being oh, able to take it vertically or like down and um, and then you just mark it and take your two. Okay. Where somebody takes the traditional route, that person's getting, you know, might not. Okay. It's, it's doing a disservice and it's like, okay. That makes sense to me. Like if there is a grabby tree right by the basket. Yeah, you can throw just, into it. Well, and if you, you know, you're down, puts you in the basket. Well, then I raced it. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the concept comes in if, if that is your thought processing as a course designer or whatnot, then you've designed, you haven't designed a very good hole. Yeah. If you need the two meter rule to help your hole be what you want it to be, then I think you need to change up the hole. It needs to be different. And that, that, that's, so that becomes like the devil's advocate argu- argument. And then, you know, if I was talking to somebody who was in favor of the two meter, they'd throw something else at me that I'd have to deflect. It's like the constant debates about what we have when we, when people don't agree on things anyways. It's, ne- we're ne- we might not ever see the 30 meter page. rule. And if you're playing anywhere other than the giant redwoods, you're good. Yeah. At least California can have their rule. Yeah. I'll I'll get on board with that. Yeah. And here's here's the other part is, do you know exactly what two meters is? I do. Approximately how high I am? Where my my head is when I have shoes on. Yeah. Yeah. That's two meters. Exactly. On the nose. With shoes. Yeah. Well, you're six, six? Just under. Yeah. And two meters is six, six and three quarters. Okay. Outside of people I'm who not are challenge you abnormally tall, degrees. Chris. <laughs> um, but if if I'm standing there, I don't know what six six looks like. I've no. hung out with Chris all the time. I couldn't yeah. tell you if a disc lands and it's pushing the le- pushing I, the envelope. How I'm are you not supposed totally to sure the, when I'm in the circle or out of the circle. Yeah, and that's and that's the that the the, con, the the debate that comes up is like, I I guarantee you should, everyone been, should have to carry around two meter sticks. Oh, and then is it uh, from is it straight down? Because what down. if there's a rabbit hole right below where your disc is, or a rock, or a butt? Like yeah, it's there's there's the the level of I think that it's probably happened, but there's no way to tell if it happened. Two players get stuck in a very similar spot in a tree. One card says that's two meters stroked. Yep. The other card's like I don't know. I can't tell if that's two meters. You. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Boom. That is your your your. You're now having a conflict uh, on inconsistent yeah, scoring. Inconsistent scoring. One person punished. One person not punished. Why? And that's the and that's only from the perspectives of the people on your card. And that becomes a very difficult situation because some people will say that's two meters. Some people won't. Yeah. And that be, and we you shouldn't have that ambiguity in when you have rules and you have things. Yeah, I just also want to throw out that. Uh, 
this is, this is America. So <laughs> why are we using the metric system here? <laughs> you know, six it's funny. Foot six. That's that's the only. <laughs> thing it's a in six six golf. three quarter rule. Yeah, I guess ten meter circle and two meter rule. Mm-hmm. But we measure everything in feet. Yep. Yeah, rule book. Rule book is both because they cater to internationals, so everything's in centimeters we, and oh, inches. The discs are weighted in grams. Yeah, are they? That's yep. true. Go metric. That's true. No, no. I, go metric, metric is a way better system. <laughs> yeah, it is. Makes I, sense. It, I can't translate it in my head very quickly, but it way better system. Yeah. The only thing I can know is like I feel like a meter is similar to a yard. So yeah. like I get yep. like a hundred meters. It's probably oh, it's probably three hundred feet. Yeah, and it's like. 325 or something yeah and it's not it's, it's close though yeah yeah but a kilometer is less than a mile because a mile is just fairly arbitrary <laughs> well the, the foot is now basically arbitrary they said it's 0.3048 meters cool what a good unit let's <laughs> that, go with is it that what they said that's what a foot is, is defined as <laughs> that's, we base everything off of 0.3048 no, meters it's 12 inches <laughs> So how many meters is 12 inches or how many feet is a meter that's what we need to know it's three you know decimal yeah yeah three and change <laughs> it's like 3.29 or i don't know <laughs> it's stupid it is. don't get me started uh, you do metric feel like you're life. driving way faster though if you're dri- if you're I looking know. at the metric oh my god you're just not even on the freeway you're doing 140 <laughs> i'm flying in your rv such good time uh well this has been a long episode summary go metric uh <laughs> Oh, I didn't make the joke earlier. What? When you were talking about all the good things about dynamic mm-hmm. and felons. And felons. Felons were a big reason of, for my success. So, Was you that? Guys, now, Like from day one, he was felons are the best thing. Ha- had happened. you thrown felons when you were still with this mania and thought like, ooh, I like this disc? or uh, A couple of his at yeah. times, uh, but not not entirely. And then um, Again, uh, when I made the switch, I knew that it was a disc that I needed to have in my bag. Jordan Castro actually kind of How many me felons work. do you bag regularly? Six at the least. In your bag at yeah. all times? I think I had six. I think I had six at Beaver State, but I had a lighter bag at Beaver State because there's not many places where you're going to lose discs. So uh, I usually lighten up. And But I have felons that go from super overstable all the way to a fe- I have a felon now that I can roll. Um, and it's, and it's amazing. So it's, it's, I have such a wide variety from, you know, super overstable, slightly overstable, more on the lines of straight and overstable straight, and then can continue in that path to super understable. Yeah. Sometimes even carries puttering felons. <laughs> That's happened. There's a video. <laughs> so yeah, check out both his felon in the bag and his six felon in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. Both worth your five minutes or whatever they are. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Eric. thank you, thank you man. so much. Uh, anything you want to plug, like social media, you want people to follow you, or uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be sweet. Uh, make sure you guys check me out on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram handle is at the Eric Oakley. Facebook, I'm on there. I have a I have an athlete page and my personal page, both worth uh, checking out. Um, we have the Whale Pants pa- uh, Whale Pants channel on YouTube. That is a great place to get some content uh, from Tina and myself. Uh, we also have Patreon if you want to support the content that, uh, well, I say we, I, was and I say that, Tina. Support. Yeah, Tina is creating. Uh, she's the big uh, media gal and she's killing it right now. So, Patreon, Whale Pants on Patreon is a huge way to support us. Um, and that helps support just touring and. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We use that money to, you know, pay for RV repairs and uh, gas, you know, you name it. Um, 
and you know make sure you guys are checking out dynamicdisc.com for you know any lucid x felons that you see on there any other discs that might go to support the team and honestly if you're just buying those discs that's that's a great way to support us in the in the end because you know the more uh the more discs they sell the more things that they can do for us and do for you in the sport so i'm gonna say this everybody go to dynamicdisc.com pick mm-hmm. out some discs that you like I highly recommend the Emac Truth, the mm-hmm. Maverick, the Captain. Those are ones that I love. So if you've got a Gavin-sized arm, those are great discs for you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm also putting with the Warden right now. Nice. Um, and, you know, there's other discs as well. <laughs> but uh, di- when you check out at Dynamic, they let you add a little comment. I want you to put in, Eric Oakley told me to come here on Pro-Am Disc Golf. There you on go. On the Pro-Am Disc Golf sweet. podcast. So I, I want everyone to to mention our podcast. I mentioned Aaron Oak, Eric Oakley on that little box. And I not Aaron Oakley. She not, exists. Not Aaron Oakley. Is that? There is an Aaron Oakley. Uh, she's from Michigan. She's a in of a sponsor sponsored player, and there have been many a times where <laughs> I've been tagged in place of her in posts, and she's been tagged in place of me. And then early on, they were you know she got she got asked is. Where's your husband at? Where's Eric at? And she has a husband, and it's it's been an ongoing. It's Is his ongoing name thing. Eric? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. The, one of the funny things that happened was um, the PDGA live scoring app that they had um, reads everything as its first you know first letter of your name oh, and so then your e. last Oakley. name E Oakley. And I think Sexton made a post. Or might have it was Sexton or somebody. It seems like a very Sexton thing to do. Yeah. Was he tagged me in it and he goes like, "Yeah, hey man, I didn't know you're gonna play, uh, you know, women's F-B-F. F in uh, Masters women's at the U.S. Women's DGC." She's like, "Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you're trying to get your title somehow." And it had me dying. It was really funny. So it's been very good. Every time we see Erin, she we're you know we're super stoked. She calls me her disc golf husband and i you know it's it's fun you can't really call your disc golf wife because tina's also yeah, sorry sorry Aaron. <laughs> she made your disc golf sister wife sister wife. <laughs> yeah we are in utah yeah. <laughs> um yeah so fill out that little comment section eric oak eric oakley, oakley yeah yep. with a c on told me to come here on the pro-am disc golf podcast mm-hmm. so uh just Good. curious if that will actually you we'll know. see yeah if they if they get any, that I'll probably you'll hear about it. Yeah, if, if for they sure. get those. I've for commented sure. on there before, and they 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 write something back. Like, I always Thanks. I always leave cute little notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I, even know it, who's working, but yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with them, and they're they're great about it. All right, so follow Eric on uh, social media. Uh, follow his wife Tina. Mm-hmm. Is it TK Oakley Seven on Instagram? Okay. She's a I was going to ask if she'd change that or not. Yeah, she's a total knockout. Is what we say. Oh, TKO. TKO. Nice. That's cute. <laughs> Uh, and their Patreon whale pants, whale pants, the Patreon and um, whale pants on Facebook. What as are well. the, are there like, uh, there's different levels, levels. Yeah. And you know, honestly, whatever you can give, if it's a dollar, that's amazing. That's probably it's, a better question for Tina is like, what are the levels and what comes? Yeah. With and we have, we have one, uh, we do, we have done some things where, uh, we had leftover moonshine lucid X felons, uh, from GBO and we decided to offer them up to our Patreon supporters first. And those were for, I think for our premium supporters, like the ones that pay the whatever the biggest value that they, yeah. I mean, I think they could pay more if they want to, but we have a package that's worth this. Yeah, Patreon tiers it. Yeah, which is amazing, and I, I that's that's been such a huge way, you know. And if you guys see other people with Patreon, and you can you know you can get in on that. That I mean, the Jomez, the Central Coast of the mm-hmm. world, uh, the Pro Tour, and everything that they're they're all doing stuff like that. So there are amazing ways to. Support the people in disc golf by not necessarily directly buying the discs or, 
something like that. Yeah, if you're like me, and a Lucid way. X Felon is the wrong disc for you. Yeah, this is a way better <laughs> Which way. Which I do own an Eric Oakley Lucid Let's X Felon. It's in my yeah. car right now. Uh, but I've thrown it twice and thought that's not gonna. That's not gonna make the bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Although if you ever play in a hurricane, it'll yeah. hold up. Yeah, you've thrown it as much as I have. I think <laughs> probably. <laughs> and uh, I will actually leave you guys with. Uh, with the disc, we'll figure out what it is. I don't know what it's going to be what? right at this moment, so I'll make sure I give it to Chris. Or a giveaway? Give away. Yeah, well, so you guys can do a giveaway. Well, you get to decide how we give it away. Yeah, you got to make the rules. Okay. You can get uh, back to me if you want to. Uh, gonna do it now. What, what have you guys done in the past? Uh, we had to Score guess how guesses, far I can throw a disc, distance which was guesses. always embarrassing. Um, <laughs> uh, scores? Yeah. Scores will shooting around how far weird discs will go. Yeah. Um, like, like the epic... That was a fun one. We've just yeah. done random draws. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can pick your rules. Um, you can text me later if you need to, but you can pick your rules. Pick the rules. All right. Let's think. Uh, if you want, are they, where do they comment? Where do they do that? Uh, we'll do it on Instagram usually. Yeah, usually. Instagram or email. Okay. So I don't know. I'll, I'll think about something yeah. funny. Let me know. I'll post it. It'll be good. And we'll All get right. something cool. We'll, like, we'll get that We'll post the disc. We, we'll post I everything. Mean, you can even do something like your ledgestone showing or... How many times you throw a felon during the ledge don't open? Yeah, we got to be careful though because it's this will be good, come out next week, and so we don't want to. Sometimes we, we tried that once before, and then we realized like, oh, this is going to come out after the tournament yeah. scores are posted. Oh, ledge stone should happen. The, I don't know when that fall, if you, if two you, if weeks. It's not this weekend; it's the following week. And okay, you guys. So let's do how many rounds is ledge stone? Three. Three rounds. How many times am I throwing? How many times I throw a felon on the weekend? Is that a number that you're gonna? Be able to have if he texts me, I can remember. Okay. I go, th- I go through my rounds after every round, anyways. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, so, so I'll just text him. Okay, yeah, we can do that. All right. So, however many times Eric Oakley throws a felon, and if you guys, you guys should do your research. Let's send a big open course. So there's my, yeah. I might throw it a lot, I might throw it a little bit. But now we'll this see. is Check our any coverage. felon. This could be your rolling any felon. felon. Any this of, could be your mini felon that you yeah. mark your throw with. Could be the putting felons. <laughs> yeah, it's windy have you got there. them to make a mini felon yet? No, nah, not yet. It's definitely something I, I'm hoping that they do, but I think that I'm I'm more looking forward to doing. Uh, we have more moonshine lucid expounds when we go to Europe after Ledgestone, but then the cool thing I don't know if you see guys have seen the chameleon disc. I know you saw. I, you saw I, I didn't see it. I heard you guys talking about it. Yeah, I seen it. it's it's a new plastic that I'm hoping we can maybe make happen. I know it's a it uh, that's that it's in limited supply. Sweet. The lucid X is in limited supply, so those are things that. You know, we have to, it's so exciting. It's a, things it's a coming. process. Hopefully, hopefully be everybody's sweet. been asking about it and I definitely want to make it happen because yeah. I think it would be stellar. So I said, I did buy a Lucid X Fallon to mm-hmm. support you. Thanks. I don't know who Zach Melton is, That's but amazing. I supported him <laughs> way more because I love those Lucid X Mavericks. Yeah. Zach, if you ever get to meet him, he's an, an, an incredible human being. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast and hears that because I love, I love roasting him as much <laughs> as I can, but he's, he's one of, he's one of the best people I've met. In the I sport. have personally probably bought his entrance into a couple tournaments. <laughs> by the, nice. How many of those Mavericks I've bought. That's great, dude. He's, uh, he's probably super stoked on it too. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, there's your contest. It'll be on Instagram. Chris will yep. post it up on Instagram mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. Thank Sweet. you for joining us, Eric. Thank you, man. Uh, follow us, uh, proamdiscgolf at gmail.com. Send us emails. Uh, you know, that's how we can talk about stuff when we don't have, you know, guests in mm-hmm. that right. gives us content. So thank you, please. Um, <laughs> uh, facebook.com slash proamdiscgolf, Instagram at proamdiscgolf. And uh, we do have a Twitter as well that you can try, but we don't use it. I don't. <laughs> if somebody I don't wants understand to manage Twitter either. Yeah, I don't if, somebody, near it. if somebody wants to manage our Twitter, please let me know, and we'll send you the password. Uh, just you know, try not to 
retweet Al Qaeda stuff and we'll be good. Um, <laughs> until next time, keep your own plastic. Cheers. Cheers.